Furtive glances at her own breasts by men sporting splayed bee cups under clammy jaundiced shirts. It feels like a fitting and blessedly succinct coda to her Thursday. Tit. An animal is passing between parked cars, reddish in the sombre glow of street lamps. Above these street lamps, Victorian rooftops wear aerials, and a hook of moon hangs in darkness. She keeps her head tilted upward, acknowledging the fact that she'll never see the moon again, determined to appreciate its abstract elegance. Then hears the soft spinning of wheels, a bike light illuminating the fox's face, and reaches out for the doorknob, tired of lingering in the street, the leather of her handbag flirting with her skirt as she enters the deeper gloom of her home. Her objective for the coming hours... To avoid overthinking, to execute her plan with methodical calm, a quality her employer, naively deaf to the inevitable acronym, recognises as a tier two soft skill called conscientious office conduct. You need more cock, say Joy's colleagues. The partners love cock. But somehow, it is not... Creak. The sound... What is it? it? Makes her pause. There is silence as the moment gathers itself in and then again, creak. Somewhere between a creak and a crack and it... Wait, was that different? Yes, different. Punctuating the creaks, she hears a noise that carries more air. A... Almost like the backing vocals on that Stones track, the one Peter likes. Sympathy for the what's it? Devil. Odd. Frightening. Only she and Dennis use this front door. The bedsit above their split-level property has its own entrance. She hears nothing from up there. Never does hear a thing. This weird mix of two sounds is coming from her kitchen. Her lounge. Creak. Woo! Probably nothing. Unless... Probably nothing. She slips off her shoes and begins to move in slow motion down the hall. The air, even with the front door open, is syrupy with central heating. Flushed, afraid, she acquires a highly inflamed sense of everything ahead of her. The dust-green rug, the shadowy walls the bald fuzz under the radiator. It makes no sense to be scared. Creak. So what if a psychopathic burglar jumps out and takes her life? He'd be saving her the trouble of taking it herself. But if he hurt her, only hurt her. Hesitates. Thinks about turning back. Wake the Atkinsons up? Return with Zorro? Then... In the midst of this hesitation, a surge of self-hate. Come on! The approaching hours are about courage. The Atkinsons are Latin teachers. Zorro's only frightening feature is his bum. One step, two steps, three. Beyond the kitchen doorway now, so the sounds are coming, must be coming, from the lounge. She pauses again, focuses calls out Dennis's name. 
It arrives as a thin rasp, a match flare in vast darkness. She considers unplugging the lamp. Make it a weapon. Where is her tennis racket? Her tennis racket is normally under the table which holds the lamp, that in the absence of the tennis racket may be the best weapon she almost has to hand. Creak. If she survives this encounter with the intruder, but nonetheless finds he has stolen her tennis racket, then she will miss her lunchtime tennis game. Ooh! Which would be far from ideal, since it was due to be the final tennis game she would ever play, and with finality comes ceremony, and although Joy is on the whole an authentic and unpretentious person, the trappings of tradition, the precedents, preambles, kind regards and chauffeured cars that constitute a career in law have made ceremony a part of who she is. And she is joy.